Our scripture passage today is from the gospel according to Luke. It's chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Uh, before we read this, let's pause for a moment in prayer. Good and gracious Father, Lord, we come today to learn from your word. The word spoken by your Son, Lord, recorded faithfully by these apostles, then handed down to us so that we may read and that we may hear and we may understand your will for us. Lord, we ask today with that same spirit that inspired these words to inspire us today. Lord, dwell with us. Open our hearts and minds. Give us minds that understand and give us hearts the courage to go out and do your will. Lord, bless this holy reading of your holy word. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I had the gospel according to Luke right here. Let me. Now I've got the gospel according to Luke. Chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Listen now to the word of the Lord. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you, say, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give, each, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, often when the subject of prayer comes up, especially if I'm talking in a Christian circle and we're talking about how often do you pray or do you pray with your family or, you know, heaven forbid, I ask someone to pray. Sometimes I get this kind of sheepish confession that, you know what? I'm really not sure how I'm supposed to pray. 
And when people make this confession there, you can tell they're a little bit ashamed about it. Like, I should know this. I know I should know this. I mean, I'm a Christian. I should know how to pray. You know, a, a Christian saying he doesn't know how to pray is like a doctor saying he doesn't know how to, give, you know, take blood pressure. You know, or a southerner saying he doesn't know how to fix grits. You know, I should know how to do this. I know I should. It should be in my DNA. It should be automatic. Well, if you have trouble wondering about how you should pray or, or, or a little bit insecure about your prayer, I want to tell you first off, you shouldn't be ashamed. You should not be ashamed at all. And I'll give you a few reasons for why you should. Number one, you don't know what you don't know. Right? Maybe no one has instructed you. Maybe no one has taught you. I mean, maybe you could have sought this answer out yourself, but you don't know what you don't know. You can't be ashamed of the things you don't know. You also shouldn't be ashamed because prayer can be intimidating. Prayer can especially be intimidating if you're praying in front of a group of people. I mean, prayer is one of the most intimate things we can do. I actually think it's more intimate than physical intimacy with another person. This is a profoundly intimate act. And it can be intimidating. I had a pastor friend that, um, that did uh, chaplain work on a base a lot. And so he's, he's ministering to a lot of soldiers, Marines, Navy SEALs, the toughest guys in the world. And he told me, he asked these guys to go charge a machine gun nest. I've got shooting at them, throwing grenades. They're, okay, yeah. We'll go do it. Then I need you to pray with your wife. Huh? All of a sudden, their eyes get big. And they're like, why? why? I, I, I don't know. I don't think I could do that. All of a sudden, seem very, very intimidated by something as simple as praying with your wife. But the truth is, it doesn't come as easy for everybody, and we should understand and appreciate that and show understanding. Now, the third reason you shouldn't feel ashamed if you're not sure how to pray is that this is a problem Christians have faced from the very beginning. All the way back to the disciples themselves who weren't sure how they should pray. The passage that we're looking at today in Luke, Jesus is talking to us about prayer, about how we should pray, what kind of heart we should bring to our prayer. And all of this talk begins with a request from a disciple. A disciple, one of the very first Christians, comes up to Jesus and says, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray, Lord. Because honestly, we all feel insecure about our prayers from time to time. We all feel a little uncertain because when, when we're praying, we're not hearing a voice directly coming to give us feedback. You know, God's not answering us with a voice we can hear to give us a feedback on our prayer. Like, I like that. That was good. Good prayer. Yes, that was good. I like the prayer room you've got. Good music in the back. Look, you're on your knees. Good. I like this. Good request there. I like the way you said that. We don't, we don't get that feedback. Sometimes we can get really insecure. We're like, is anybody even hearing me? Or am I just like making noise out here to the ether somewhere? And am I saying this right? Did I say the right thing? Did I just say something wrong? Did I just flip-flop those two requests around? Did I make God mad? And we don't want to do this wrong. But luckily, luckily, 
luckily, there was a disciple who felt like us and asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so here we have recorded in the Gospels Jesus' answer directly telling us how we should pray. Now, this is a very important question because prayer is an important act. Prayer is essential to the Christian life. And I mean, it is essential to the Christian life. Now, some people have brought up to me saying, you know, I could be a Christian without praying. And maybe, yes, you can be a Christian without praying, but you shouldn't be a Christian without praying. To me, that's like saying, you know, I can jump out of an airplane without a parachute. Yeah, you can. But it's really not a good idea. If you're living a Christian life, it should be a life of prayer. And the disciples could see it was important to Jesus because this whole request came when they saw Jesus praying. And these disciples that are gathering around him, they're seeing Jesus praying all the time. He's praying with himself. He's praying with the disciples. And they can see how critical it is to the life of Christ that he engages in daily prayer. And so they ask him, Lord, how do we do this prayer like you? See, prayer is essential because this is how we forge a relationship to God. You can't really say you have a relationship to someone if you never talk with them. You can't say you have a relationship if you never spend time communicating with them. And prayer is how we communicate with God. It's how He becomes the God who is distant up there in heaven to a God who dwells in our hearts and in our life. We do it through prayer. Now, most of us, I'm going to admit, tend to complicate our prayer life. And even approaching it at the beginning, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And we worry so much about doing it right or saying it right or wondering if we got it right. And, and we just uh, sometimes freeze ourselves out. Sometimes we approach prayer like I used to approach calling a girl and asking her out. Um, guys, I'm sure you remember just that almost crippling anxiety when you had to call this girl. Because you don't want to say the wrong thing. Because if you said the wrong thing, you were just going to blow your chances with her, and she was probably going to tell her friends what you said, and you're not going to be able to go out with them either. And they're going to probably laugh and joke about you until senior year. I mean, there's just a lot of pressure on this phone call. I remember picking the phone up and then hanging it up. Picking it up, hanging it up again, picking it up, dial half the number, then hang it up. Or y'all might have even done this. Pick it up, dial the number, hear the first ring, then hang it up. I'd even gone so far as picked it up, dial the number, heard the first ring, then someone who answered was not the person I wanted to answer, like mom or dad. Then I hang it up again, and then I just have to quit for the day. I had a friend that would, before he called a girl, would write down talking points. <laughs> Like he made notes of things he wanted to talk about so there'd be no this dead time. I told him it was cheating, but that was a pretty good idea. Or maybe we approach prayer like a job interview. Like we have to go and give the right impression and say the right things. Because if we mess this up, I mean, the consequences can be pretty big. And so we, we put all, our pressure, all this pressure on ourselves. We put our pressure on this, on this prayer life. Like, we cannot mess this thing up. The consequences are just too big. My life could get ruined. Things could fall apart. 
You know, one day I'll wake up in this jail in Tijuana or something. Be like, how'd you get here? Man, I was just praying all wrong. My life fell apart from there. The truth is we don't need this pressure on our prayer. And there are three easy rules that, that Jesus shows here in this passage that I will give you for prayer life. Three easy rules. Keep it simple. Make it go to the point. And pray from the heart. Simple, to the point, from the heart. That's all you need for prayer. Simple, to the point, from the heart. Simple, to the point, from the heart. Easy to remember, right? We should always keep our prayers simple. Okay, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be any special words. And when Jesus uh, talked about this in Matthew, he actually discourages all the big words. He says, don't be like the hypocrites who like to have a bunch of big words and these phrases. And sometimes when we think of prayer, that's what we think of is, you know, the, the pastor, oh, thine God, give us thy grace. We beseech thee, O merciful creator. I mean, he says, no, no, we don't want any of that. You're not going to impress God. You're not going to show off for him. Maybe you're showing off for other people, but Jesus didn't want any of that. He said simple prayer. Give it a simple prayer. And, and I've got to admit, I'm going to admit to you, the church has not always been a great example here about teaching simple, to the point kinds of prayers. I mean, you know us preacher types. I mean, people are listening. We like to get going. And I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I often feel a lot of pressure about these prayers, especially the ones that I preach, that, that I pray from this pulpit here, because I'm a professional, right? I should sound like a professional prayer. It's got to have some meat and substance. It's got to be a good prayer. I don't want people to think I'm just some guy off the street making noises. I remember as a, as a kid, you know the, the, the part we have called the prayers of the people? It's right here, right before we say the Lord's Prayer. When I was a kid, I knew that prayer as the long prayer. Because that's what it always was, sometimes longer than the sermon. It was the real long prayer. And I got to tell you, it's hard to get that out of your head, that the prayers of the people is this long prayer. And I almost feel like I'm cheating you if I don't give it a certain length. But see, that's, that's the wrong way to look at it. That's the wrong way to approach our prayers. And if I've not been a good example, I apologize. And I apologize if maybe I've been part of the problem of how we represent prayers. Because instead we should keep prayers simple and to the point and from the heart. And I'll try to do better, just promise not to get mad at me if the prayer is real short or I say something weird because it's from my heart. But so prayers need to be simple, but they also need to be to the point. Right? Look at the prayer example that Jesus gives us here in Luke. Right? Jesus, he, he gets right to the point. Right? There's no dancing around the request. There's no, oh, but if it's in your will, could you do this for me? And oh, God, I know you might be busy, and maybe I don't deserve it. Oh, if you could find it in your heart to give me this, it'd be nice. 
None of that from Jesus, just straightforward. And starts off real easy, real simple, Father in heaven. Nothing fancy. Nothing elaborate. Father in heaven. And his requests are in prayer language, we call them petitions. The things you ask for in prayer are petitions. His petitions are very direct. God, may your kingdom come. And that's saying, just reign in my life. And may all your plans be fulfilled. Lord, may your kingdom come. God, provide me with the things that I need every day. Forgive me for my sins. Help me forgive others for their sins. Protect me from temptations and evil in my life. And you see, it's a very simple prayer, very basic prayer about basic needs. And he goes right to the point of it. There's no hemming or hawing or dancing around or justifying it or try to let God know why you're asking this prayer and it's not so bad. Just, just to the point. Simple, to the point, and from the heart. But most of what Jesus says about prayer is all about trusting God. And that's the biggest point he makes with us today, is about trusting God. And he poses a question to his disciples, and it sounds kind of like this strange question. He says, which of you, if your child asked for a fish, would you give him a snake instead? Or which of you, if your child asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion instead? And you're like, oh, that's kind of a... Kind of a weird sentence, a weird thing to say. But he's making a very critical point here. What he's saying is, if your child comes to you and needs something, they're asking you for something and they need something, would instead, instead of giving them something they need, would you give them something that hurts them? If your child comes to you with this need, a basic need, instead of fulfilling that, would you give them something that brings them harm? The answer is no. Because you're working for your child's best interest, even if they have no idea you're doing it. You would not, when your kid asks for something they need, give them something that is harmful. And so Jesus says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts, then how much more will your Father in heaven give you what you need? And when he says you who are evil, he means you who are sinners, you who are broken, you who are fallen, you who are a part of this, of, of this broken world and don't always do right and sometimes are selfish. Sometimes you go the wrong way. Sometimes you say the wrong things. Sometimes you do the wrong things. You who are not nearly as righteous as God, even, even in this unrighteous and fallen state, you still know how to give good things to your kids. Then God, who is completely righteous, he is true, he is faithful, he is good, he is loving. If you who are down here, broken and fallen, know how to give good things and want to give good things to your children, how much more does the good God want to give you what you need? How much more does the good and righteous, loving God want to fulfill your needs in prayer? Jesus is saying is that you can trust God. You can trust God with what is on your deepest, deepest heart. And you can pray from the heart. 
God wants to give good to his children. He wants to give them what they need. Not always what we want, but what we need. So when you pray, you don't have to wonder, well, what kind of thing should I say today? What you should pray is what's on your heart. Whatever it is on your heart, you open that to God and you share it with your heavenly father. Now, sometimes there's a lot of hesitation here because a person doesn't always like what's on their heart. Say, well, what if I'm angry at God? Or what if I even hate God right now? Well, if you are in that state or you have something dark on your heart, I'm going to hate to break it to you, but God already knows. He already knows what's on your heart. He already knows what's in your deepest thoughts. Maybe the thoughts you don't even admit to yourself. God already knows they're there. All right, it's not like a friend. You don't want them to know that you're, you're mad at them. God knows you're mad at them if you're mad at them. God even knows if you hate them, if that's the way you feel at the moment. And if you don't talk to God about it, then he can't help you fix it. And I will say it is much better to be angry with God than dishonest with God. It's much better to be angry with God than distant and aloof from God. He wants to give you good. He wants you to trust him with your heart. Simple, to the point, from the heart. And I know sometimes in our prayer life we'll feel disappointment, we'll feel grief, we'll feel like we, we've lost sometimes, that our, our prayers aren't effective, and sometimes we even feel like God isn't listening. That happens to all of us. All of us. But I will tell you the disappointments never compare with His blessings. And the hardships never compare to the gifts that He will give you. And he will give you exactly what you need. Earlier, I uh, compared a prayer life to calling a girl or sitting for a job interview. And that comparison is actually fairly accurate with one, with one little change. Your prayer life is like calling a girl who can't wait to hear from you. Your prayer life is like Calling a girl you're going to ask out, and she can't wait for you to ask her out. Your prayer life is sitting for an interview, and the manager is excited about giving you the job. But he's just waiting for you to show up and ask. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you good. Yes, he makes you seek. Yes, he makes you ask. Yes, he will make you come and knock on the door. And you might ask, how do I seek? How do I ask? How do I knock on the door? You pray. You come to your heavenly father in prayer. Simple, to the point. And from the heart. And when we do that, we find a God who is eager to be found.
A God who is excited to give. A God who is standing at the door, just waiting for us to knock. To God be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.